Yeah, guys, I just thank you. Um, I just thank you, Father, for that truth, that your love never fails. And I just pray right now, wherever you're at tonight, that that truth would soak into your heart. Let that truth permeate your mind and your soul. That no matter what we've done, no matter what we will do, that nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of our Father that was displayed to us through Jesus Christ. I thank you for that truth, God. I thank you for that reality. No matter if we've known you our whole lives or come to church or this is our first time ever hearing about Jesus, God, I pray you would speak that truth deeper into our being, that you love us because you love us because you love us because you love us. Have your way tonight, God. Remind us that you redeem all things. In Jesus' name we pray.
You guys can have a seat. Can we give it up for the worship band, please? Thank you, guys. Well, hey, guys. My name is Ryan Otto. I'm blessed to be the college pastor here of Alive from the Vineyard Church. Um, I know about half of the room came in after announcements. Um, so we do just want to remind you guys that we are going to fall retreat this weekend. We have 85 students signed up. If you are not one of those students, I ask you just take a risk. Uh, you can sign up tonight. Tonight's the last night. Um, we're going to Decatur about 45 minutes away. We're going to have a blast Friday night to Sunday morning. So I would love for you to join us. If you don't know many people here, I promise come to fall retreat and uh, you will be become a friend of many. Um, well, we have a super exciting night tonight. We're going to continue our series, The Real Stuff, where we're looking at real, hard, undefined questions. Um, and uh, we have the one and only Mike and Julie Yoder, my bosses, executive pastors, talking about sex. So, Owen, oh, hit that track, and let's welcome up Mike and Julie. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Well, let's talk about sex Come on, show us those dance moves. We know you got them, Mike. <laughs> All right. How y'all doing tonight? All right. Apparently well. You guys came to hear about something. Well, my name is Mike. And I'm Julie. And we like to have sex with each other frequently. Woo! Amen. It just oh. got real. That's right. I'm turn already off, blushing. Turn off his mic. He is constantly interrupting. Ryan is only allowed to turn red tonight. Just isn't, so you know. isn't that just like an awesome intro, though? You know, I, we're married, and so we can have sex, and we're going to talk about that tonight. But that's our intro. Yeah, we, we have sex with each other, and we have sex with each other frequently, and that is actually God's plan for each of you, that you would have sex frequently with your husband or wife. Isn't that good news? I'm just, yeah, I'm just looking know, at this. Like, There's some shell-shocked faces, I think, You guys, I wore, leopard, I wore leopard tonight Which, to kind of, like, loosen up the crowd, you know, so that we, you know, Me have too. Fun. <laughs> That's See? for me later. Okay. <laughs> I you know, wish. we're really excited to be with you all tonight and to talk about a, a topic we're really passionate about, which is sex. And I know that some of you, I can just tell, it's so great that the lights are turned down low, but, like, I can still see some seriously red faces. Yeah. Some like of hiding. you are, like, excited. <laughs> some of you are like, yes, like, I want to come tonight. Others of you are kind of like, mm, this is kind of weird, but I'm kind of curious. Like, what are they going to say? Um, some of you are a little bit anxious, and I just want to, you know, acknowledge that feeling that could be in the room right now, that some of you feel kind of anxious. And some of you can't believe that pastors are going to talk about sex. But it's 2017, and I think it's time we started talking about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, when I, I mean, when I was in college, before I'd had sex, you know, I used to think about what life would be like when I got married. I mean, like, sex whenever I wanted, yes, <laughs> right? You know, I, and I first had friends that were beginning to get married, I'd think, wow, they get to just, they get to do that whenever they want. Like, which must be all the time, because, of course, you know, our brains, you know, for many of us, it's like, it feels like all we think about, Right. But, you know, so I'd hang out with them, and I'd be like, what are they doing here? Go home. Like, what are you doing? Go home. You could have sex right now. Just go, you know? I mean, it's like, I wanted to tell them, you are alive for such a time as this. Just go home. Boom, boom, boom. Right, Ryan? You know, I just didn't, it didn't make any sense. But, you know, in fact, the reality is I think some of you are probably thinking that right now. What are they doing here? 
They could be going home right now. And you know what? I think that's a word from the Lord. So it's been real, guys. Let's go. No, honey. No. Sit down. Just hey, take that as your first lesson. I tried. Gentlemen. Hey, I'm an old basketball player. They, the, the saying says you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I got to try, right? Let's see. <laughs> Come on. Guy. We did there. I, I'm, I'm telling you. This All right. Guy. Did we break off the religious spirit here yet? Yeah, I hope. I hope Let's we're breaking see. it off. Okay, so <laughs> when I was in high school, there was something called Y2K. I'm 35. I'll just do the math for you. So Y2K was when the year, when it turned 2000, and like people actually thought the world was going to end. Like this was like a real thing. And my best friend and I, our number one concern, would Jesus come back and would we have to go to heaven as virgins? Like we actually had real conversations about this where we were like, seriously concerned that we were not going to get to have sex before Jesus came back. But obviously it's 2017 and hey, uh, the good news is I'm no longer a virgin. Um, we, we do have three kids. So, uh, we, you know, we're, we're, we, we got that part down, you know, at least three times, at least three times. We, we did pretty good on that. No, you know, there's a reason that we're starting tonight off with humor. <laughs> Cause you know what? Sex is kind of one of those topics that for a lot of us, there is so much shame, and there is so much brokenness. And, and we really felt strongly that we wanted tonight to be a night where laughter and joy was deeply mingled with the sorrow that some of us feel as we think about our sexuality and our sex lives. Because I felt the Holy Spirit really clearly say to me tonight as I was preparing, I heard him say, I want you to be carriers of hope tonight. Hope that if you have a sexual past that you're not proud of, that's not God's best for you, that God can completely redeem and restore you tonight. And we actually believe that. We believe that your, your purity can be restored. And for those of you who are virgins, you're, you're on God's track, that you can know that someday God's plan is for you to have an amazing sex life. I kind of feel like I need to say all the words so that we can get, like, the giggles out. This is not the birds of the bees talk, though. I just want to no. clarify we are not going to be talking about mechanics. Seriously, no. the looks on some of your faces, yeah. you're like, oh, my gosh. Ryan's not doing any demonstrations. It's nothing. We got Just one there. married guy in the back. There is a married guy. That's yeah. right. Come on. <laughs> Give it up for the one other married guy. All right. We see you up there. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as we were thinking about this, Mike and I were reflecting a little bit on, on what we, you know, one of our life verses. And is John 10.10 from the Bible. And if you have your phone and you want to whip out your Bible app, you totally can, but I'm just going to read it to you because it's, it's short and it's sweet. And this is one of those foundational verses in Mike and I's life because it's in this verse that so much of our everyday life gets lived out. And this is what John 10.10 says. It says, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy, but my purpose is to come, is to give them a rich, and satisfying life. And I would add that God not only wants to give you a rich and satisfying life, like in your relationships and in your finances, he wants to give you a rich and satisfying sex life. And for some of us, like we almost cringe when we hear that. We're like, ooh, like I'm not quite sure how I feel about that. And you know what makes me so angry when I think about this whole area of sex is what the enemy has stolen from God. You know, sex is actually a gift from God. And we're going to we're going to explore what that actually means tonight. But if you think about culture right now, if you think about kind of society and, and media and all of those things, who is talking about sex? They are. Hollywood. You know, stars and culture and all those other things. 
they're talking like freely and openly. And the church, Christians, men and women who have relationship with God, we've been placed in a, in a position of silence. We've been like pushed to the side. It's, you know, ooh, don't talk about that. Oh, you know, don't, you know, you can talk about a lot of different areas of sin, but don't talk about sex. Basically, the message that many of us hear from the church is this on sex. Don't do it till you're married. And we, we really don't, we don't have this understanding of stewarding our sexuality. And we're going to talk a lot about that tonight. The world says experience your sexuality. Explore. Discover who you are. Feel it. Do whatever you want. It's just a physical act. And we're here tonight to tell you that sex is way more than a physical act. There is a spiritual side to sex. And it is so important that we really understand what sex is and what God intended. And that's what we want to take a little bit of time to unpack. Um, you know, the, we just believe that the enemy has given culture the voice in sexual, sexuality and has tried to silence the church. And this is such a twisted message that we hear. Right, because when we, if we as Christians, like, we, the church has often, like, abdicated its role by just saying, again, like Julie said, don't do it. You know, our role is not just to be relevant to culture. Our, our role is not just to be like, let me keep you out of, but let me help define it. Like, we want to be influencers of culture. We want to be influencers of this. And this is a major influencer in our culture. And we, want, we don't want the secular culture to be the one that defines what does healthy sexuality look like. Um, you know, how does it live out? What's the worth in our lives? You know, God has actually a lot to say about it. He designed it. It was his design for who we are. So it's important that we know that we get to be people who are carriers of what God's culture and sex looks like. Yeah, so sex is this God-given gift, and tonight we want to explore a little bit of the true meaning and just ask the question, like, does sex matter? And we are here tonight to say sex does matter. God cares about sex, he created sex, and he wants you to care about sex, and I believe he wants to give us a fresh lens to look at our sexuality tonight. And we're going to share part of our journey. Um, we definitely aren't perfect people, and we want to share some of the ways that the Holy Spirit moved and worked in our life. Um, we're not sex experts. We can thank our assistant for that amazing, that amazing word. We're not sex experts. We're I, not sex experts. I kind of have an honorary degree. Mike so. Belize has an honorary degree. It's like a PhD. You guys, I won't hold I'm it over you guys, this. though. It's fine. Like, seriously. <laughs> but we aren't, we want to be really upfront about that. We aren't sex experts. We're not therapists. We're not counselors. We're pastors. And we want to share from our personal experience. Yeah. We've been married for 13 years. We have the three kids. So as Mike said, like, we've figured a few things out um, along the way. But we know what – this is our experience. We know so many young people, older people, um, people in college, people in marriage who don't have a revelation of what sex really, truly is designed to be, and they're not living in the full freedom. I just want you to think for yourself for a second. How do you feel about sex? Are you sad? Are you anxious? Are you excited? Are you curious? Because a lot of this is going to be your personal journey with the Holy Spirit tonight. And we're going to just invite him to come and to teach us. And we want to be clear tonight, not all these ideas are our ideas. Um, if you've ever heard of an organization called Moral Revolution, we highly recommend you check out their resources. They have a, an incredible website. They have Instagram and all this other great stuff. We stole stuff from there. We're a big believer in, um, you know, stealing great ideas from other people. We also 
use some ideas from Putty Putman, who's one of our teaching pastors. If you go to the vineyard, you've probably heard Putty teach before, and he taught an incredible message, and we'll give the podcast link to Ryan so he can give it out to all of you, so you can listen to Putty's original message where we got some of this content. But we're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come because we know he wants to bring freedom and hope tonight as we explore this whole thing of what is the true meaning of sex. So I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to come and be our teacher. So Holy Spirit, you're here. And God, we we just welcome what you have to say tonight. And I, I thank you for what we've prepared, God, but you break through with what we need to hear. And so we just welcome your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Well, I think let's just start by asking the question, like, why do we have sex? And I'm actually not going to start in the bedroom. I'm going to start in the kitchen. Have you ever thought about this before? Why do we have taste buds? I know you're like, this has nothing to do with sex. Just think about this for a minute. Why do we have taste buds? Like, we can taste so many different flavors. And food is this incredible experience. And I, I like to think about the fact that this is the way God created us. This is the way God wired us. And so there is part of us in the way that God created us that he created us to enjoy pleasure. And for a long time, I think we've thought to ourselves, you know, that sex is all about making babies. That is true. The way you make babies, in case you were not informed, is by having sex, okay? (laughs) There's a sperm and there's an egg and they get together. Okay, good. Okay, good. I'm glad we, we got that part down. But there's this whole other side to sex that is about pleasure. And so... I think that it's important to just say that there's two reasons for why we have sex. We have sex for pleasure, and we have sex to procreate. And I think it's good to just to, to acknowledge that, to say, okay, this is the way that God created us. You know, in his initial command to Adam and Eve, God said, be fruitful and multiply. You know, I think to myself, like, God could have, like, made us get, like, nutritional value, like, some other way. Like, we could eat dirt or something and think it's amazing and get, like, all the nutritional value. But he, like, you guys... I just believe, like, we shouldn't go on diets that restrict chocolate because where would the pleasure be in eating? I mean, I eat chocolate every day. People do not understand that, but that is the truth about me. Like, I can't remember the last day I didn't have chocolate. That would be something was wrong with me. It's true. It's really true. And, um, you know, I think it's kind of the same way about sex. Like, God could have created a different way for us to have babies. We could have laid eggs, right? I mean, that would have been no fun. And... You know, there's lots of different ways that God could have done it, but this is the way that God designed it. And, you know, sex has the ability to bond two people together way more than physically. It's emotionally. It's spiritually. And we're going to unpack a little bit of what God really created sex um, to be about. But when pleasure becomes the first thing that we seek um, and it's given free reign, it can quickly become an unhealthy authority in our lives. And this is where we first start to see sex kind of go into the gutter, is because there is this pleasure. Think about food. Many of us struggle with, like, my sweet tooth is out of control. Like, seriously, I do eat chocolate every day. And I think for some of us, it, this, it's that same mechanism of self-control when it comes to, to sexuality. We, we have an appetite. And some of you to, in here, you are probably stuck in sexual bondage. You're stuck in the pleasure center of of your body wanting pleasure and wanting pleasure. And some of that is biologically how you were created, and it's a little bit of a twist of of what God's intention was for it. You know, I want you to just think for a minute about how you learned about sex. You know, families used to be the primary way that we learned about sex. Like, we learned about sex from our parents. But as the family unit broke down, where did sex education go? 
schools. And we all know what happened then, right? The, the, the education of, 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 of how we learn about sex is, has, is, has been broken, in a spe- specifically in the, like the last 70 years, where it's really gotten out of the home, and now it's in schools, and now this was never God's intention, that we would learn about sex like in, in a, you know, from a teacher and, and not from people who, who know us and people who love us. And when I was doing a little bit of, of research on this, I found this so fascinating. Um, researchers have kind of, um, they've actually like categorized how we learn about sex. And one of the ways that, that we learn is called the silent environment. Maybe this is the way you learned about sex. In the silent environment, nobody talks about it. Like it's just super private. Like, mom and dad don't talk about it. People in your, I mean, like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know the sex, you know, you know the sex, but, like, no one talks about it. So maybe that was your experience where, like, no one talked about it. There's also something called the saturated environment. And I think that in this next generation specifically, we're going to see so much of this. This is where culture is right now. Sex is just everywhere. I mean, everywhere you look, every show. I mean, we're celebrating sitcoms, like when they have affairs. We're like, oh, I really hope they have that affair. I mean, I've thought this before. I'm like, man, that's terrible. You know, I mean, we're like so caught up in it, but we're just saturated. Maybe you were raised in a home where sex was like, you were exposed to sex at a young age. Maybe you saw one, one of your parents having, you know, sex or multiple partners or things like that. And what can happen in a saturated environment is that we get the message that sex is not sacred. We get the message that sex is just for the, it's just an everyday thing. What's the big deal? It's just sex. It's just physical. I mean, just do it and get it over with and you're fine. There's no ramifications. And so we have the silent environment. We have the saturated environment. And then we have something called the conflicted environment. And a lot of us, especially if you were raised in the church, you were raised in a conflicted environment. You were told like, hey, sex is good, but don't you dare think about it till you get married. Shame on you for looking at that girl. I can't believe you had that thought. Okay, listen. Sex is only for marriage. And on your wedding night, you're going to figure everything out, and it's going to be awesome. But don't think about it. Nope, don't, nope, nope. And so you get this, like, conflicted message, like, well, is sex good or is it bad? And so what often happens in the conflicted environment is that we start hiding where we are hurting. So, like, we get into bad habits, and we start looking at porn. But in a conflicted environment, we're like, I can't tell anyone because I actually know this is bad. But you get trapped in a cycle, and basically you get addicted. I mean, if you're, if you're struggling with porn, can I, can I just encourage you that it's an addiction. Like, that's why it's so hard to break. It, 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 there's spiritual things. There's um, emotional things. Like, that the Holy Spirit has to come with his power. No um, program you put on your computer, no accountability partner, in my experience, is going to free you from porn like Jesus can. I mean, and that's hard, and that's true. But right now, I want you to just think about how did you learn about sex? Because what we believe affects how we behave. And so what you believe about sex, what you were taught, what, what's in your mind, that's probably related to how you're behaving right now. And maybe at first you, you learned in a certain way, and then your beliefs have kind of migrated and changed. But if we actually want behavior change, we got to go to the belief. What are we believing about sex? What are we believing about our sexuality? What are we, are we believing that sex is bad and dirty? Are we believing it's a gift from God? Are we believing it's just physical? Because all of those beliefs directly affect our behaviors. So if you're in a place and you're like, I'm just filled with shame, like I keep sleeping with my boyfriend and I don't want to, 
What I would say to you tonight is I believe we have a belief problem. That your behavior, you can modify your behavior for a time, but it's really rooted in your belief. And, um, and I think that's, that's, that's really important. Um, you know, we, our, our experience was I was raised in a home where my parents really freely talked about sex. And um, I probably had one of the healthiest perspectives of many of my friends. But the reality is that what God intended was that you would be raised in a home like that. And Mike was also raised in a home where, there, you know, it was fairly open. Yeah, it was fairly open. And, like, sex wasn't a taboo topic. I don't know that it was always talked about with what is the really healthy practices need to be, like, in a very intentional way. And, but... It wasn't a. It wasn't entirely again a yeah. silent environment, but it was one of those places because. And I, and I grew up in a very, you know, in a very conservative church, and so there was a lot of that place of like conflict of like, I got to be careful like what we say and how we say it, and that can really again lead to especially you know like you guys we like, we're visual people, right? And it's easy to fall into that trap of like, oh man, you know I started lusting after that person again, and like oh I, I get in this spiral of condemnation and shame. And that's not where we want to live. Mm-hmm. And that's not what we're here to, to talk about. It's not here to do that. Like, we don't, again, as Julie said, this is about leaving this place with hope. Mm-hmm. Jesus always leaves us in a place of hope. Yeah. So we, even though, I just want to say this, like, even though we came from, like, some healthy perspectives, like, we were kind of schooled in what you might say, like, God's good plan for how you, like, get your sexual education, it really is a journey. I'm not just saying that because Ryan's in the room. It, sex, <laughs> like healthy sexuality is a journey. And we both made mistakes. We were virgins when we got married. And I actually believe that some of you need to know tonight that virginity is actually, it can be a reality till you get married. And some of you aren't virgins anymore. And what I want to say to you is that a great sex life is still in your picture. Just because you've already had sex does not mean that someday you're going to have to pay the price for like, you know, you're going to have to pay penance. We believe that when Jesus went to the cross, he paid for every sin, past, present, and future, and he redeems all things. Now, will you have to work through some consequences? Might you need some counseling? Might you need some prayer? Absolutely. But most of us need prayer and help in certain areas. And for some of us, Sexuality is one of the places that the enemy attacks us. And for others of us, it, you know, it's a little bit easier. And so later on, we'll, you, we'll let you um, ask us some questions kind of on how, you know, that walked out. But we just want to say that it is a journey. And we don't stand before you tonight to say, like, hey, we've got it all figured out. And, you know, it's, you know when you get married, it's just going to be amazing 100% of the time. It's not. You know, I would say, like, on our wedding night, you know, it was just okay. Yeah. Here's the best part. It was still the best I'd ever had. <laughs> but it was not good. I mean. I'm going to be real. Like We now, were not that good. We were but terrible. But that's okay. Guess what? Because we, we had a committed relationship, we were in a marriage relationship, yeah. we were in the safety net of what that was, it actually, it's okay. Because then we could walk that out together and we could learn together. And it became a journey that we walked out together, which actually drove us closer together as we do that. Because it is in God's design. It is in God's plan. And I think, as Julie said, like, the, the real condemnation can come because, well, I'm not there, so how do I get there? And we all can get there. God's, God's always about redemption. And we'll talk about that some more. But, you know, don't, don't be in a place of, of condemnation. And if you're in a place where, like, no, I, I, I still am holding on to that, Julie said, there is hope. There's, there's reason. It is worth it. 
it's truly worth it to say, like, right now. And if it's, if it's, again, if it's not like I don't have it right now, it's worth it from today. Start today. Start the journey today. We don't have to get everywhere we're going to get today, but start that journey today. Yeah, I, I sometimes think, like, the lie of the enemy is, like, once sexuality is, like, you know, bro- like, your purity is broken um, or virginity is lost, it's over. But I want you to think about your physical body. Okay, and I want you to think about, like, taking care of your body and exercising. Like, the truth is, at any point, it's always good to treat your body well, right? Like, at any point, it's, like, not too late until you're dead to take care of your body. And in the same way, it's never too late to take care of your sexuality. It's never too late to steward it. So if you have spent the last 20 years of your life screwing it up, today is a new day. And the Holy Spirit can come, and I actually believe he can beautifully redeem your sexuality. And I don't understand that. I think it's a beautiful mystery. But we believe that. We believe that God can come and redeem and restore you. And you can actually write a new story. Just like when someone transforms their body physically or goes back to school and studies something that they didn't think they could accomplish. It's never too late. And that's the message that that we really want you to hear tonight. But it actually kind of doesn't matter, like, where you were schooled. Because tonight we want to talk about God's school of sexuality and what God intended. And so Mike's going to share a little bit about what did God really intend for sex and what was God's design. Right. And, and before we even start, again, I, I'm going to get a little bit more in depth and, and talk kind of about God's plan. And the easy thing that can happen whenever we're in a place of talking about things that are tough, we can always be worried about, what if they talk about my issue? I don't want to hear that. I don't want to have to. Because, again, that's, that's the guilt and the shame. That's what the enemy wants. He wants to isolate. He wants to pull us back and, like, uh, that place of shame. In anything that we talk about tonight, I want you to know it's first and foremost about God's hope and God's plan and design. So as we talk about this, you know, again, open up to what is God speaking to you uh, through all of this and kind of what his design is. Okay, one other thing really quick. The enemies lie. I know this is like the always one more with (laughs) he loves he loves speaking with me. (laughs) Um, The enemies lie right now is just stay quiet tonight. Just just stay quiet. Just get through it. Just don't look around the room too much. Just, you're going to just, yeah. Because here's the thing. The enemy has given culture the keys to talk about sex, and the church wants them back. And God wants to give you safe people to process with, safe people that aren't going to judge you. And you know what? As a pastor, people have told me some pretty horrific things. Like horrific. Like, um, Like incest. And they've confessed them to my face. And so I just want to say, like, we are not at a place of judgment. No. So wherever you're at tonight, there's just freedom. Okay, I'll be all quiet right. and let you go. Well, you know, where, where did it all go wrong? You know, where did both society and the church kind of, like, take it down the wrong path and walk it, you know, kind of away from where God's design was? How did we, how did we fail in that? And I want to start kind of talking about there's this, uh, it really begins with this idea of dualism. And dualism is the idea that there's a physical world and a spiritual world and that they're separated, that they don't, they don't come together. Those are two separate things. And the church has historically taken that to say that, you know, there's the good spiritual things. You know, I read your Bible, you pray, you worship. Those are the good things. We focus on those good spiritual things and those physical things. Those are the bad things. You know, it's sex, it's money, it's alcohol, it's whatever, whatever it is that's that thing in the moment, that's the physical stuff, and then they're separated. And then society has taken it, and when society began to be the educators of sex, that whole, that whole spiritual side doesn't exist. 
it's only in the physical realm. It's the five senses, right? Like that's all that, what, what I can see, what I can, what I can touch, what I can feel, hear, smell, like that's all that exists. And then sex just becomes a physical act, you know? It's just physical. Let's it's get just physical. physical. There we go. Physical. I feel like you wow. guys needed like we a might, little. We might need a little help on that singing. I love to sing uh, those who singing. know me. Ouch. Leah Bice. She's yeah. my muse. I don't think she wants to sing that song. I think she <laughs> We're going to guess. Maybe later. You guys are probably too young to know about Olivia Newton-John. All right. But it's not. And so because, the, because it's just a physical thing, we lose that emotional and, and spiritual connection that actually happens in sex. And that's dualism. But the reality is Jesus is not a dualist. So if we're followers of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus tonight, you can't be a dualist. It's not God's intention. He always intended for, for, that to be an, for us to live an integrated life. And because we live an integrated life, that our physical and our spiritual are integrated, that means that our spiritual life does inform our sex life. It informs our sexuality. And that's really important to understand because... Those two things together are actually what kind of help define the way that God views who we are because he views us as that integrated being. So I want to look at, uh, in Genesis 2, and I won't read through all of it, but it just, you know, this is Genesis 2, it's the creation, it's, it's Adam and Eve, um, and man is created, who's Adam, and he's created in the image of God, right? And then God takes, you know, part of Adam and he makes woman, which is Eve, and when he does that, you know, because God, we were created in the image of God, he takes that image of God in Adam and he, and he actually divides it. And so now there's the masculinity of Adam, the masculinity of men, and the femininity that is women, both display facets of the image of God. And because, because that's happened, and in verse 24 of Genesis 2 it says, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. Because there's a, a spiritual aspect to this thing. So now when we start to talk about our sex drive, we talk about our sexuality, it's different because we begin to see that spiritual component that's part of it. It's actually about displaying the image of God. Now we're coming together to bring the fullness of the image of God together. Adam reflects part of the image of God. Eve reflects part of the image of God. And when we come together, having sex inside that marriage covenant, which is what God intended, then we complete the image of God. It's coming back together in its fullness. So, again, the reason, you know, one of the reasons we want to have sex, and yes, it's, it's you, you want to display the image of God, and it's hardwired in the core of who you are. That it's more than wanting pleasure. It's more than, like, it's more than procreation and making a baby. And those are part of God's plan. They really are. But there is a spiritual component, and we have to understand that. This is that. kind of like an abstract concept. Yeah. So you have to kind of wrap your, wrap your mind around it. Adam is put to sleep. God goes into Adam and takes a rib of Adam to create Eve. And in that process, what God was doing was he was taking out part of his image in Eve or in Adam to put into Eve. And so Adam is left with the masculinity. Eve now has the femininity because God is neither male nor female. Both men and women reflect the image of God. This is like kind of one of those things that you kind of like, again, you have to like go back. I just want to encourage you to read the creation story. And so when, when Adam and Eve come together and have sexual intercourse, when they are united together, what they are doing is they are reuniting the full image of God, both man and woman. And so this is way more than just this like biological urge to like, you know, get it on. Like it seriously is. 
you are hardwired to want to reveal the full image of God. That's why men and women will always want to have sex. Well, the sex drive is, your sex drive is never going to go away. The sex drive, that is awesome. The sex drive is never going to go away. And some of you have actually, I actually believe there's probably some, some people in here who your sex drive is so strong. I actually th- thought I heard uh, the father say, someone has prayed, I want my sex drive to go away. And can I tell you, your sex drive is never going to go away, but Holy Spirit wants to teach you how to steward it. Mm-hmm. He wants to teach you how to harness that gift. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, that's, it's, it's like a, it's such like an abstract thing, but the more you think about it, it, it makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and I understand that it, it, it does. It takes a little bit of, of getting a grasp of that. It's a different way that we think about it because the spiritual side of sex is something that we never talked about. It's something that we never, how many had sex ed when they were in school? <laughs> a few, yeah. Did they talk about the spiritual component and God's design? No, they probably didn't, Right. And they were like, here's a banana. Yeah, it was Here's all, a condom. Again, but protect you, yourself. You got the dualist side of it's just physical, right? Wow. Wow. Seriously, that was like so awkward. Wow. We right. got a great visual in there, right? Minds. Yeah, now, now put the banana aside. <laughs> put it aside. We're coming back. We're coming back. All right, so we're going to go further down in Genesis 2 because this is important too. Uh, as we think about the spiritual aspect and the way that the enemy always wants to come. He wants to kill, still steal, kill, and destroy, right? Well, in uh, verse 25, it says, Now the man and his wife, uh, they were both naked, but they felt no shame. That's verse 25. But God's design for sex inside of the marriage covenant didn't include shame. Right? And I, I just think that's like the number one thing we feel when we think mm-hmm. about sex. We either, we feel shame because we've had it, we think, we feel shame because we think about it, we feel shame because we want to have it, we feel shame. Yeah, a lot of us have, have shame around our sexuality, right? And that's exactly because that's exactly the opposite of what God intended for it to be. Do you know that God loves you no less if you've had sex? I'm so sorry, babe. I just love you so much. I, do you want to do the whole thing? We, we will have sex tonight. <laughs> you heard that. No, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I will be quiet. No, you won't. Okay, I won't. You're right. No, you won't. But it is true. We, we all have shame around I'll our sexuality. Just give me the microphone. We're going to go. We're going to be there. It's okay. You know, the reality is, but sometimes it's not, it's not always about our choice. And that's, that's real. For some of you, it wasn't about your choice. Yeah. Somebody else made that choice for you. Yeah. Somebody else, we've all... We've not all experienced that, but there's some of us here, and I think that there's some here who've had that experience. It wasn't your choice. And others, it was part of our choice, you know, but it started, we started down a path, and it took one small step, and it turned into one more, one other step, and one other step, and it progressed. And now we're tangled up, you know, in, in this place of unhealthy sexuality. And that all brings confusion, you know, and that's where we live. We live in confusion, so we don't know how to, how to talk about it. We don't know how to live it out. Can I just tell you, God's, God's plan is about freedom. We all want freedom, right? We all want freedom from those places that bring bondage, those places that bring shame. Nobody wants to live in guilt and shame. Nobody wants to live there. You know, it's easy to live in the moment for that pleasure. But nobody wants to deal with the, the after effects, right, of, of what those choices make. And so we kind of hide it. And then we, we want to just numb that. And so then we get into this endless cycle of coming back to that. And the reality is, is, you know, interestingly, 
with, you know, going back to the story of Adam and Eve, whenever sin first entered their life, what was the first thing that they, they experienced? It was shame. That's the first thing the Bible talks about is it says that they were ashamed of their nakedness. This place that had never been a place of shame in their life before because they were living in the wholeness of what God had intended for their life. Now suddenly shame enters the picture and they wanted to cover up. They wanted to hide. They wanted to be isolated. They didn't want to see God. That's, that's what happens when our sexuality is violated, when the God's intention for our sexuality is no longer present in our life. You know, uh, a question that we get asked a lot, especially from Christian couples, you know, how far is too far? That's okay. And it's actually not the right question, but that's okay. We ask that question too. Well, how, what's, we, we want a rule, right? We just want, like, just tell me this, this, this boundary, right? And we all like, oh, we have to have the boundaries talk. But let's be real. If you've been in a relationship, you never have the boundary talk until after the boundary's been crossed, right? <laughs> it's true. It's true. I, I've never talked to anybody who's had that boundary. I, maybe a very few. They have that boundary talk before. It's always like, okay, we went a little too far. We should have the boundary talk now. Now, now after we pushed it a little bit further, instead of up front. But the reality is it's actually not the question uh, that we want to ask because the reality is sex isn't just about intercourse. You know, the Bible's you know, view on sex is actually it's about experiencing one another. There's an experience that we're, that we're having with one another. It's the experience of the image of God in one another. It's, the, it's that emotional and spiritual connection that we have. And when we start to walk too far down that path of experience in our relationship, especially in the physical realm, we're probably, a lot of us, already experiencing what the Bible would consider, uh, you know, sexuality, you know? And that's just being real. It's not, again, it's not about condemnation. You know, there was, we can be real, we messed, we, we messed up, we had to have the boundary talk, right? Like five it's times. Real. Yeah, at least. 55 times. <laughs> it, it, it's real. It, it, I, I, don't, I don't stand before you saying, oh, we're perfect, yeah. and, we, and we pulled it off right. But it's so interesting how your perspective changes when you're on the other side. It's like, you know, it's like you know you should eat your vegetables. There's just not a lot of joy in eating your vegetables. And, but when you're on the other side and you're like, okay, now I actually see why God says that this is the best plan. But walking in it is hard. And, and I think that we as, as a church family would do so much better linking arms and saying, let's actually talk about it. Like, let's, let's have real conversation. Let's be open and honest. Let's like lay our hearts out there and say like, this is the truth. Because when you shine a light into darkness, it, the darkness goes, right? Like it's gone. And so, yeah. Right. And I think it just being, you know, being real as we have those conversations and as we're talking about stuff, the times we can have those conversations, like, well, where are you? What choices are you making that are putting you in a place where you feel like, I'm not sure I can hold back from the temptation. Yeah. Are we making choices? Are we putting ourselves into those positions? Sometimes we just need somebody to talk it out with us and be like, dude, I'm going to slap you in the back of the head and say, come on, man. You know what the, the, the wrong place to be is right now. You know, actually, I love the, the moral revolution when they, uh, one of the things they talked about is oftentimes whenever we get into a place where, where sin is in our life, it's often when we're in a place we're not supposed to be. Right? It's Mom when always said at, nothing good happened after midnight. Right. It's, it's when I'm hanging out on the couch alone and it's 1 a.m. You should probably just be home sleeping. You know yeah. what? That's the reality. Nobody wants to hear that. We all want to be like, oh, no, it's fine. We're going to be okay. But where should you be? Yeah. 
where should you be in that moment? Is there a better place to be? Is there a place with friends surrounded by people who can help keep us accountable that I should be right now because I know I can't trust myself in that situation? That's a hard place to be. That's a hard, those are hard decisions Literally to make. and physically. That's right. Ooh. Oh, you guys are getting too stiff. Okay, we need the drummer back here. I know. Just give us the... Robbie. No, just kidding, Robbie. You don't have... You guys just loosen up. Yeah, that's okay, right. We don't want to lose right. you. We're we don't want to lose, lose you. you. We don't want to lose you. You know, I want to I go back to the Bible here. It says in 1 Corinthians 6.12, it says, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. You say food was made for the stomach and the stomach for food, but you can't say our bodies were made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our bodies. You know, when we, we sometimes make those bad choices, and we think, oh, it's okay, God's going to forgive me. It's, he knows my heart. Yes, of course he's going to forgive you. It's not actually the issue. God isn't seeking to make your life difficult. He's not trying to take away fun, and he's not trying to make it like, oh, I, gotta, I, don't, I can't do any of this stuff that I really want to do. That all sounds so much fun, but God just wants me, you know, to be in this terrible a place. A nun, right. Well. <laughs> uh, he wants, actually, he wants to protect us. It's not about it making our lives difficult. He actually knows our bodies were first made for him. And that when we violate our sexuality, it not only hurts us, it actually violates that image of God in us. And from God's perspective, he says, when we, we, if we accept Jesus and we say yes to him, we become one spirit with Jesus. So, so in God's perspective, we're one spirit with his son. He's in us, we're in him. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. And because he carries that image of God, he actually restores in us the image of God that sin has stolen from us. That's what sin does. It steals identity. The identity that God intended for us to live out in Jesus. And we just think God just gets more angry about sexual sin, that he's really just upset. It isn't, he just knows it breaks us more because it violates something outside and inside of us. Our body and our spirit are violated whenever we violate our sexuality. And yeah. God knows that, and he wants to protect us from that place. Yeah, and I think the, the, the lie of the enemy right now is, like, that he's angry at you, like God's angry at you, that he's disappointed in you. Um, did you know that God doesn't love you based on what you do? He loves you based on who his son is and what his son did for you. So whether you are the best person and you followed every rule and you've never done anything wrong or whether you have done everything wrong, it actually, God doesn't love you any more or any less. And, and some of you who are rule keepers, like you need that revelation because you're like crushed under the rules. And some of you who have broken every rule, like you need that revelation because God just wants to bring freedom. So, And the intent with marriage Again, looking at marriage again from this idea of what is marriage, marriage is actually a picture of our union with, with Christ. It's the only other covenant relationship where we enter into where two become one, mm -hmm. right? And that is the picture of our relationship with Jesus. So when we step into marriage, what we represent in marriage is Jesus. We get to deflect the image of God to others because we get to be in union together, and we are two who become one, just as we've become one with Jesus. That's the same representation that God wants to have. Well, I, I, I know that we have some other stuff, but I want to make sure that we have time for questions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I... I'm going to come down here a little bit. Yeah, go, go, go down there just a little bit and share a couple of things, but we've talked about some of we them. We talked about kind of that, so I'm just going to come down here a little bit so we can 
can gain a little bit. You're doing you're great, hon. You're good. Um, you know, one thing I do want to address, you know, again, because dating relationships, because, you know, when we're, we're coming together, so often as, as couples, especially whenever we're committed and we're Christians, a real danger that, that wants to happen is that we're like, oh, we're committed to one another. It's okay if we have sex, you know, because we know that we're going to be married. And the lie is what, what's really happening is you're just investing in the enemy's plan for your life because we have a real enemy. We live in that battleground. And when we do that, even though we say like, oh, I'm gonna, it's okay, but it's okay, we'll just hop over here into God's covenant whenever we get married. And yes, God is able to redeem, and yes, God wants to do that. But the reality is everything we do to invest in the enemy's plan before marriage becomes things that work hard against us when we're in marriage. You know, I've heard it said, uh, you know, we were talking to Ryan a little bit, you know, what the enemy works really hard to say, have sex as much as possible before you're married. And as soon as you're married, the first thing is like, don't have sex. I want to stop everything I can. And so he works to divide. Yeah, we, say, we like to say, to like, we wish the singles would stop having sex and the marrieds would start having sex. Yeah. Like, that is the reality. It, it's not going to be this magic, like, switch. Like, when you get married, guess what? You get to steward your sexuality by having sex with one person. And you don't get to quit. And you don't get to use sex as a weapon. And, and you have to communicate. And there's a lot of different things. When you're single, you have to steward your sexuality. You don't get to have sex. That, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that sex is for marriage. And so you don't get to have sex. You don't get to experience someone else's sexuality. Um, and so, yeah, there's, it's, there, again, it goes back to that idea. The world says experience your sexuality. And, the, and God says, the Bible says, steward it. And we're just here to say, like, the, the lie, like, for some of you men is like, hey, this is your sexual prime. Like, 18 to 24, you are missing it if you do not have sex. And let me just get, fill you in on a little may, maybe not well-known fact. Like, here's the deal. That, you might be, like, in your sexual prime, but do you know when a woman's sexual prime is? 35. Yes, I'll just let your mind wander there for a minute. I told you I was 35. No, here's the deal. All, all God's promises are yes and amen. Listen. Woo. Listen. <laughs> we believe that God's promise over marriages is that your sex life would actually just keep getting better and better. That you would, you would go from glory to glory. Like seriously, that you would learn to know each other. You'd, 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 you'd grow in intimacy, not just physically. Because here's the thing, sex isn't just physical. It's emotional. As we had a family, as we bonded, we worked together like day in and day out. Like there is so much that happens between the two of us. It is better now than it's ever been. And you know, the reality is it, you never stop stewarding it. Yeah. The reason you need to steward it now is because you're going to have to keep stewarding after marriage. It doesn't stop. You don't stop. All those bad habits you had before you, before you get married don't just magically go away because now you're married. They follow you and they get worse. I've heard it over and over and over again. The enemy just uses it to drive wedges in, in, into marriage. The reason it happens inside of covenant is because whenever those places come where we're not happy, we're arguing, you know what? I still know that I'm committed. I still know that I'm committed to her and there's a safe place. But the reality is it is it's way more than just the physical. That, that reflecting the image of God happens as we live our life too. It's not just about sex, but that's part of what ties us together. God gave us that sex drive so that in marriage there is things that bond us together. You know what? It's okay. That's a healthy place to be 
but we have to be able to walk that out yeah, well. Yeah, just don't buy into the lie that, like, you're missing out. Because delaying gratification now is going to create so much pleasure when you're older. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, all of those things. This is God's good plan. And it's, I just, we just want to say again, it's never too late to join the plan. Mm-hmm. It's never too late. God wants to redeem and restore anything that's been broken and lost. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to say? Uh, we've got a couple of things we have a question, but they might be covered yeah. in the questions that Ryan has yeah. too, so we can wait and see, yeah. make sure we cover the right things here for you. Sweet. Yeah. Well, could we give them a round of applause? <laughs> you want us to stay up here? Yeah, yeah. You know. You're never going to look at us the same. <laughs> here, I'll move over, Ryan. You can come over. So I think one of the questions is, will this be allowed Ryan's to be put on the podcast? <laughs> sure. sure. Would I allow I this? So. Oh, sh- Jacob, well, well I'll, I'll re-listen to the podcast, and I'll let you and know. And then we'll decide, yeah. Um, I think some students were curious, and obviously, guys, they're sharing truth that they're not ashamed of, but as being lead pastors from a big church, uh, people can take content and twist it and use it in inappropriate ways. So we obviously just want to use wisdom and discernment on that. Yeah. Um, so I've had some of the students texting me some questions, so I'm just going to ask a couple. Um, so you say that... Um, Virginity, or if you have had sex, it's it's redeemable. Purity is redeemable, right? Mm-hmm. So we get that, and we believe that, but then how do we walk that out? Well, you know, I think the reality is that you can, you can believe the lie that if I struggled, I'm always going to struggle, right? And I'm never going to get freedom in that. But... That's where we have to understand who Jesus actually is. If we really believe that what Jesus did on the cross was actually enough, that what he died for was all of our sin, that's the belief that we can't ever get over that is the belief that somehow we've done something or something's been done to us that's irredeemable. In everything that we do, God's heart is always that he can redeem, that he can restore purity. But you know what? It is a journey. We have to walk it out. And I can, can I encourage you? It's going to take courage to talk about it. It's going to take courage to say, I need somebody I can process with. Find somebody who's trustworthy. Find somebody who's willing to go to bat for you with the Holy Spirit and say, I'm going to intercede for you in this. And it's going to be really hard, but I promise you, it is worth it. It is worth everything. Your life is worth it. God said it's so worth it, I'm going to send my son to die for it so I can restore that image in you. That's how worth it it was to God. Yeah, and then like practically lived out, I think once you've had sex, I mean, sex feels good. So I'm just going to let that sit in the room for a minute. Like sex feels good, and your brain knows that sex feels good. So you're probably going to have to do things to, to safeguard Like, you're going to have to group date, and you're going to have to make sure that you don't hang out past midnight. And one thing I would say is accountability with friends and um, short engagements. Huge believer in short engagements. I just think a really long engagement just is extremely challenging, especially if you've had sex. We've even prayed with couples, and Mike's uh, married a couple. They were having sex. They They were living together, having sex. They, they kept living together, stopped having sex, and Mike married them. And that was an amazing story of how God just, like, 
broke the truth through for them, and yeah. Yeah, but it, it needed to happen quickly, and it yeah. did. It happened like in four weeks but or something. The, you know, it was the reality of their situation couldn't change in the moment, but they had the reality to say, I'm, I'm going to be committed to stewarding this. Yeah. Because now we've had, and really what it was is they had a revelation that God has a plan. Oh, they just didn't know. They honestly just didn't know that God had a plan for that part of their life. And when they had that revelation, again, it was, it was the breakthrough of Jesus that made the difference for them. Yeah, I think that's a big topic. A, co- a lot of the questions actually revolve around, like, how, how is this truly redeemable? Like, like. I believe it in my mind, but there, there's a reality aspect of it's just happened, whether I've wanted it to happen. And I think, too, like, you know, sex is feels good in the context of marriage, yeah. but some of us have memories where it didn't feel good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's hurt and there's pain. And how do you forget about that when you walk into covenant with your partner? And, yeah. you know, wa- like, it's, how do you wash away the old and truly live in that new? Yeah, I mean, I think that for, for some of you, like, Holy Spirit's here tonight to actually deliver you. But I think for others, I think you actually need serious, what we would call emotional healing prayer, where we gather a group of people around you. And maybe you've heard this term before, but it's called soul ties, where when you've had sex with someone, you've tied your soul together. You were created to have sex with one person. And when we have sex with someone else, our souls are tied together. And we you can do like soul tie, like breaking um, prayer. And for some of us, like, we might need that. Others, you actually need Holy Spirit to come and, like, erase your memory because, like, the memories are so vivid. And we, we really actually believe that Holy Spirit can do that, that he, that he wants to do that. And um, I know it seems like a mystery, and I think that's where, like, again, when it feels mysterious and it feels, like, almost impossible, I think you're thinking from, about sex from a physical standpoint. Remember, sex is very spiritual, and just to be open to more of that dimension of it. Yeah, and I think, again, that belief that we can be free, and especially, you know, thinking about for, for anybody who are here, who's here who, who that wasn't a choice that they made. Yeah, absolutely. That is one of the hardest because now it's like somebody took that choice away from me. Somebody took something from you, and that's what the enemy's done. He tries to steal that place of identity, that place of control, and we feel like it's out of control and it's irredeemable. I don't know how to ever get that back. Again, the power that Jesus has, it is redeemable. But guess what? It's okay that it's a journey too. It's okay that we walk it out. And sometimes we feel like I didn't get healed in that moment. It didn't go away. And I had, to, and I had that place of struggle or fear or anxiety or worry. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And that's the place he wants to operate, uh, have us operate from. That our identity is in him because we're in union with him. We can operate from a place of peace, even when those outside things want to say differently to us. Let Jesus begin the healing process. And don't, don't feel ashamed that it doesn't happen in one moment. That sometimes we have to walk it out. And that's why we do life together. That's why the church exists. This is the church. You guys together, walking these out walking this out with one another, that's what will make the difference in your life as we can do this together. You're never meant to do it alone. It's relational. We're relational people. That's the way God created us to be. So let's walk it out in relation. God's plan, shame, isolation, right? God's plan is always bringing us back in closer relationship with him and closer relationship with others. So we have to walk that out and develop that trust again. And that's why people we can trust are so important. Yeah. 
Well, my phone is blowing up right now with questions <laughs> some, from, from some people I don't even know. <laughs> so uh, p- p- obviously people have my number that I don't even know who they are. Uh, passing but, it around um, up here, I think. So uh, I'm only, I can only ask a couple, but we may just need to have you come back one time hey. and do a, a survey. So you guys talked about accountability. Yeah. At one hand, you talk, said accountability isn't full the answer, right? Yeah. It's not just the programs. It's not just the these rules. But on the other hand, we need accountabilities, like you just said. Um, and I, I don't. I think could you just define what healthy accountability for people in relationships, or for 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 those who are single who want to be in a relationship? Yeah. Be, because I know as a 32 year old man that you know hasn't been in a relationship for a lot of my life, that you will be tested, no matter how close you are to God and know how pure you are. You you will be tested because the reality is the enemy doesn't want you with the person that God's brought you together. So, so can you talk practically yeah. what is healthy accountability? Well, I actually think you've modeled a lot of healthy accountability. I mean, you guys do not know what an amazing gem you have in Ryan and how blessed we actually are just to have him as part of our team. And Ryan, you walk in this in a way that, you know, we didn't walk in. I mean, we were 22 and 25 when we got married. Like, we were young. You have walked through this, and like how I've, I've as, as I've watched you walk through this, you know, you've done this. You've, you've come to us, and you've said, hey, I have questions here, or hey, could you pray for me, or you've surrounded yourself with, with, with trustworthy men who you can say, like, listen, this is real, and you know what? This is good. This is how God created us, and he's teaching you to steward it because you're going to have to steward it your entire life. But I think where we go wrong with accountability is we think that someone else can keep us from doing something that we want to do. And in the moment, it can't. You, you get swept up. You know, you're, you're not thinking about your accountability partner when you're hanging out with your boyfriend at like 2 o'clock in the morning. You know, you're just not. You're not like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check in with my accountability group right now. What? Yeah, so I, no, just to finish that thought quick. So I think to where we think that accountability is the answer, it's part of the answer. But the, 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 like, the rock, like the anchor of the answer is in our beliefs. Because if we believe that sexuality is spiritual and it's sacred at the very foundation, then we'll, we'll put practices around us like leaving before midnight, you know, um, accountability, keeping our clothes on. I mean, I can get real practical with you. I, I feel kind of like a mom when I start talking like that, but like... Well, you are a mom. I, I am. It's okay. I am. I think My too, kids aren't this old, though. And Julie hit on this, and I think, you know, she even you know, she's even modeling it as we talk about what, what Ryan's done. She's calling Ryan up to who he is. And so often, accountability turns into a place of calling people out. And you know what happens in that? Nobody wants to feel that guilt and shame and condemnation. So, so we lie. stop and yeah. you lie. And then you, you're like, I just, I, I don't have time for this anymore. It just doesn't work for me because nobody wants to be in that place. But you know who I want to be around? People who are calling me up to who God made me to be. They're not focusing on the sin. They're focusing on the son, right? It's, it's a sin-conscious versus a son conscious mentality. We want to focus on first, who did God make me to be? And that's why from that place of, of identity in Jesus, I walk from that place in freedom. Not who am I trying to get to? Oh, this is the place I am. I'm condemned right now. I got to get over here to this place of being right. Again, it's, it's, it's the message of identity. 
because we call up, we don't call out. When we call out, we bring isolation and shame right back into the picture, and that's hard to do. doesn't mean you don't ask tough questions. You want people you can ask tough questions with, but I want people who are going to call me up because that's going to leave me in a place of encouragement. It's going to leave yeah. me in a positive. And as pastors, like people will come and confess things to us, and I think they think we're going to be like, oh, my gosh. Get on your knees right now and, and beg God for forgiveness. Do you know what the Bible says? That he removes your sin as far as the east is from the west. That he remembers it no more. And to the extent that the enemy is just beating the crap out of your mind over what you've done, that's not how God sees you. Seriously. He he removed your sin as far as the east is from the west. Boom, boom, boom. Is there anybody new here tonight that doesn't know that's a Ryan catchphrase? <laughs> boom, boom, boom. All we love to make day. fun of Ryan. He's yeah, the most catchphrase of anybody. They, they, I know. they love it too, so you guys are Okay, all right. We're just making sure. Um, can you guys touch on a little bit the difference between lust and love? And what if you're in a relationship right now that's filled with lust and you think you love the person, but you also know the best thing for the relationship is to leave the relationship because there is no relationship without the in- physical intimacy that they have. And so how do you break that lust and really figure out, is this love or lust? I think at a very basic level, lust is about fulfilling my needs and love is about taking care of the needs of somebody else. And that's often at the very base level, it's lust becomes I have a need, I want to fill it, and this is the way I'm going to fill it. I'm not going to go to God's plan. I'm taking control, and my authority now becomes what rules my life and my, my desire for pleasure or fulfillment through, through that act becomes what, what it is. And love is always looking out for, for the best interest of the person that you love. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think, too, lust, um, a lot of times, to just almost piggyback off that, I think it's when, we, um, when we're not getting love from the Father. You know, a person can't love you like the Father can love you. He, they just can't. They're going to disappoint you. But when you're kind of, like, searching from that from a person, it can easily just turn into lust. It's like, give me, give me, give me. I need, I need, I need. And so if you're, like, in a place where you're, like, our relationship is really filled with lust, the very first thing I would do before you even break the relationship, stop all physical activity with one another. Like there you, is some. You still want to be in that relationship, right? After like there that. are some radical aspects to this life, the life that God calls us to. Like, I know it's hard. Stop, and and maybe that means you you just can't even hang out with them. And that's hard. That's really hard. I'm not saying that there's not sacrifice, but you know what the Bible says? It says that we'll lose our life to live our life. We, we don't, our body is not our own. Our body is a temple of the Lord's and he wants to use it to fulfill his purposes. And along the way, did you know you're not going to die if you never have sex? I mean, I was really scared that I was going to die not having <laughs> sex, but that didn't happen. So who, but you actually, like Jesus never had sex. Like, seriously, I think some of us, we believe this lie, like, sex is going to complete something in me. Sex, I won't be whole without sex. That's actually not true. Like, things you need, food, water. Sex is not on that list. It's an amazing thing that God gives us that he wants to bless you with, that he wants to steward in your life. But it's not a necessity. And so I think, like, 
yeah, the lust thing in there, that kind of ties into that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. All right, two more. Sure. Okay. We're done. Go ahead. Um, so I think, and I'll just be honest, this, this question hit the nail on the head for me. I, I have a fear of sex. I, I've never had sex. I've made mistakes. Uh, but I think I have a fear of um, not knowing how to do it. Yeah, I'm, no pun intended, <laughs> Julie. Um, we'll take care of you, young Padawan. Yeah. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so I... <laughs> Oh, man, there we go. It's not going on the podcast anymore. <laughs> That's definitely I made the decision. The Owen, shut it down. No, I'm just joking. No. Um, yeah, just send us the recording. We're going to put it yeah. up right on Facebook. So I think there's a... Yeah. Just that part. <laughs> so I think there's a fear for people who haven't that, like, my family's jacked up in this area. So yeah. I have these this baggage, these fears. I mean, I, I was born out of wedlock. My parents were never married. I, I think honestly, I hadn't didn't have a girlfriend till my you know till 30s because there was this fear of getting it wrong, fear of making mistakes, fearing fall falling into the same problems or mistakes that my my parents did. But then there's also this fear for people who have had sex that you know it's bad or outside of marriage, right? In in a non godly context, you know it's shameful. You you felt it. Maybe you've even broken up with people because of it. How do you, when you do get married, switch switch your mindset to like, it's good, we can do this. And I've actually talked to people who are married now, and they still struggle with feeling that shame because they felt it for so long. You know, I think we we do do that. It is a hard to make that switch sometimes. And, and that, that's just being honest. Again, it's hard to make that switch. It's hard to say, oh, it's bad, it's not good, it's everything, you know, it's, there's so much fear around it. And again, I think right now, the part that we're talking about with the stewarding, the reason we want to steward it is because we want to be able to steward it without fear, right? We know that God, God says he does not give us a spirit of fear. And so when fear and anxiety and worry and shame are part of it, that's the check that we need to know and say, okay, something in this is not bearing good fruit. You know, I think we've had that conversation when we're like, how do we help people evaluate what's a good relationship? What's the fruit in your life? What is the fruit that's happening in your life right now because of the other person that you're allowing into that emotional connection, into that spiritual connection? Those are places that we can take and, and stop and say, what's been the fruit? If the fruit is condemnation and fear, and sometimes it might be fear I'm going to lose them if I don't give up. A huge red flag. Again, we, we live a radical life when we say yes to Jesus, and that's hard. And it might mean sometimes it's as much about saying no to certain relationships as it is about saying yes. But where's the fruit? Yeah, and we are a really big believer in having really healthy conversations. True story, my dad, my dad had a very explicit sex, like, education talk with Mike before we got married. And my mom had one with me. Like, we actually, we believe that we need men and women in the church who are willing to have, like, a graphic talk. That's like, real. Yeah. Really real. And I was kind of naive in some of the things I, I thought. Like, I had some really laughable things. I won't say them out loud because they are way too embarrassing how I thought <laughs> sex was going to go. Um, <laughs> just really embarrassing. I'll just kind of like leave it at that. Um, sex is really awkward. Like, and if you've not had sex, um, it, like, uh, very awkward. And it, just, yeah. But the beauty of it is this. I'm just like remembering our Not honeymoon. anymore. Not anymore. But 
But you I guys, mean, like early. the beauty is this. The way God designed it <laughs> is that you are partnered with someone and, and you get to learn together. And like it's going to stretch your communication skills and it's going to like, you know, and, and there's been different seasons where we felt more freedom, like to be like, actually, I kind of don't like that. And you're like, what? I've been doing that for years. And, you know, just kind of that awkwardness. So no, I, you're going to learn. I promise. I think it is, it is worth saying, like, how do we, are you willing to have those conversations? Again, it's, it's being willing to say, I trust, yeah. and I'm going to walk that out, and having those real conversations, because you're with somebody who loves you, yeah. and that's where the, the trust can come in, because you're in that marriage covenant, it's okay to say, I'm not sure, how do we, how do we figure this out together? Be willing to laugh. Okay, but I do think like important. a real concern of men, and this is going to, I'm going to use a graphic word, is that you're scared that you won't be able to give a girl an orgasm. Like, I do think that as a concern of a lot Mic of... drop right there. Look at that. People just need to wake them up, actually. <laughs> I do think that's like a real Shock. concern, and I think it's okay to... Let's talk about that. Like, because like men and orgasms, it's different than women and orgasms. I think we need, like, we actually need mothers and fathers, not like, I mean, they could be literal or just metaphorical in the church who are willing to have these conversations. Because man, like this is real life. Like this is stuff that affects our, your relationship and, and yeah. The right. type and, of stuff, and, so. and I think what she's sitting on is like, there's a, there's an aspect of what culture, where culture defines it as, oh, you're not a man if you don't know how to make a woman happy and, and, and how to do it right. And you get, and, and if you watch movie sex, TV sex, whatever, like, it is so, like, not. Shocker, that's not it how is. it goes. It's not how it goes. <laughs> like, you know, it just isn't. And, but, but there's this belief that, like, there's my manhood is tied to how good I am in the bed. It's That's honestly, not how I even felt. Like, as not. the woman, I was just kind of like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to kind of figure this out together, and that's kind of what we did. And you know what? If you've had a lot of experience, that's okay, too. You know what? I think the Holy Spirit can completely redeem that. And again, I, it's all about hope tonight, and that's what I hope you hear. Like, it's about hope. Yeah. God has hope for your sex life in the future. Yeah, yeah. yeah and that, that was our last question, yeah. is like one thing you want them to walk away with and remember yeah you know, about what the true meaning of sex. Yeah. God brings hope. There's freedom in God's plan. It's not about repression. It's not an outdated mode. It's about God saying, I want the absolute best yeah. for all of my kids. Yeah. God and created he sex. Does. Yeah. yeah go he, God, God created sex. He loves sex. It's a gift, a gift that he wants to teach us to steward because we're going to be stewarding it our whole lives. Our whole life. And, and he's for you. He's for you today to start afresh or to just be just renewed in what you're doing. And yeah, just there's hope. Yeah, and not just because they're saying it, but I just really feel like Holy Spirit's pressing in right now. And he wants you guys to know that there is hope. Whether it's been something that's happened to you, whether it's like me where I have a lot of baggage with my family, that I was just born with, that I feel like, and these fears have kind of controlled my life, or you have, we've all made mistakes. And I felt like as we were praying as the leaders, we've all had sex in some type of way. Even though I haven't fully had sex, I've had sex in my mind by thinking thoughts, right? What did Jesus say? If you lust over something, that's the same thing as having sex. It's the same thing as adultery, right? So we all have made mistakes that is redeemable, and the Lord wants to give us hope. 
we're on a journey of being whole in him. And so at this time, guys, we're gonna, the band's going to play a couple songs, and our leaders are going to be on the sides of the rooms, and Mike and Julie are going to be on the side of the room. And if, if you want prayer, we're going to have three or four songs. I just encourage you, come and let someone pray for you. The first song is about surrendering our hearts. And Julie hit it right in the head, nail on the head. We lose our life to save our life. And wherever you're at right now, whether you're in a relationship or you're not, whether you've had sex or you want to have sex, will you surrender that and trust that Jesus has better plans for you than you do yourself? So Julie and Mike, will you just pray? And leaders, can you go to the side of the room? And do you guys want to stand? And uh, let's see what God wants to do. Well, Holy Spirit, you're here and your freedom's here. And so we just invite you more fully to, to bring your hope right now. And just specifically, I just sense that some of you have like a pit in your stomach. You just feel kind of sick. And I just believe the Holy Spirit wants to start, start ministering first to you. And so if you want to go to the side, you can. If you want to just stand and receive. And the Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you want to do. We thank you, God, that you're a redeemer and you're a restorer. And even the words we sang to start this night off, God, that's the truth. That you've removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. And we just pray for breakthrough to come now, Holy Spirit. We just invite your presence. And I just feel like the Father's saying, like, mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And right now, I just see some of you have, like, a, a movie reel in your head. And you're just replaying, like, what's been done to you, what you've done. And... As specifically some of you with alcohol you've mixed sex and alcohol and your inhibition has been low and the Holy Spirit just wants to come and he wants to heal you and so Holy Spirit we just thank you that right now you're writing a new script you're writing a new movie in some of, of these men and women's lives father that you're, you're taking the old movie reel out and you're putting in a fresh script father a, a script that says we don't experience our sexuality we steward it and so Holy Spirit we just welcome you
just wanted to, I just feel like a lot of people are scared to go up and get prayer, receive prayer. They feel it in their heart. I just wanted to let you know, like, we're not here to judge, it's all confidential, but also, if you feel something in your heart deep down, like you're really nervous, that's God, I feel like that's God telling you, go ahead, go get prayer. Because it's definitely an attack from the enemy saying that, no, you shouldn't get prayer, you're fine, you're totally fine, but this is something you can be redeemed of, or just anything that you need prayer for in general, don't be afraid to receive prayer tonight, because it's definitely freeing, so, yeah. Yeah, and I just want you to know this next song we're going to sing is called Pieces. And you know, no matter where the pieces of your heart is or your journey is, God can restore those pieces. And these leaders, they're going to keep whatever you say confidential. And, and a lot of these leaders have made the same mistakes that you have. But they're leaders because they've walked through the journey. They've walked through the process. So know that you're not alone through that. Yeah, I, just wanted to, I just feel like God's saying that, that for some of you, it, it's, it's about actually this relationship first that you need to seek after. It's this relationship and understanding who Jesus created you to be. And some of us have a false understanding or don't have a good understanding of what it means to live well in this relationship. And that's where you need prayer. That's where you need to start. Because we first have to have that relationship with Jesus, right? If we don't know who he says we are, then the enemy has all kinds of reign to start to trying to define who we are. First and foremost, sometimes for some of us, that's where we're at. That's where you're at is understanding who has God made me to be? Who is Jesus calling me up to be? And that's where I encourage you, get some prayer. Place That's the place that we start in this relationship with Jesus. Unreserved, unrestrained, your love is wild, your love is wild for me, it isn't shy, it's unashamed, your love is proud to be seen with me.
not passing It's not a troubled mind It isn't anxious It's not the restless kind Your love's not passing It's never disengaged It's always present It hangs on every word you say Love keeps its promises Keeps his word on earth but safe. His vows are good. Your love's not broken. It's not insecure. Your love's not selfish. Your love is pure. And you don't give your heart in pieces.
pours out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails and never gives up, never runs out on me.
You've created us to be loved. And so right now, I, I pray that faith will rise. Thank you that your promises are true and that you have plans for our lives, God. And I pray as, as my family goes this week that they are reminded that you love them and that you will never run out on them. That your love is proud to be seen with them. So I thank you for, for that love, God. Bless your name, Jesus. Thank you for my family and bless them as they go. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah, guys, I just, uh, thanks for coming out tonight. I know there's still people getting prayer, so we're going to kind of do a fuzzy ending. We're going to go into like one more song, but if you need to leave, you can leave. I know it's late, but if you're still getting some prayer, um, just soak there. And I actually feel like I'm going to ask, I'm going to pull an audible and we're going to go back into that song called Pieces. Because I just feel like the Lord wants you to know that he doesn't give his heart in pieces. And so if, if, if you've came, you've been blessed, we hope to see you at Fall Retreat. You can sign up in the back. Please take a risk and come with us. If you want to stay and just sit and, and soak, you can. And uh, if not, we'll see you next week. I just saw Austin, he's one of our leaders here, and I don't even know if you have anything on your heart, but I felt like the Lord just said, this guy has something to share real quick, so. Do you have anything? Yeah, I thought you did. Um, I got a few things. Uh, one of them I thought I was gonna mainly save for small groups now with the guys, and I'm gonna save and we'll do most of that for him, but uh, two things I feel like the God, that God is wanting to share to me right now is, is one, that some of you people out there whether out of shame or insecurity or just fear of being judged by people, you feel like you missed your chance for an opportunity to minister tonight. And I want you to know that us as a family and us as alive, like this, this opportunity never ends. Like it's more than just on Wednesday. It's more than just at small groups, it's more than just on Sunday. Like we do life together. And so like Mike talked about accountability with partners, but just find someone that you can talk to because Something I've noticed, especially as a man, is we often tend through traumatic experiences to go internally to process things. And sometimes we get stuck in that internal place and we need someone just to reach down and help us out of there. So just find someone, whether it's today, tomorrow, or who knows when, 20 years from now, but you know, we're in this together. And he is a small group leader for any dudes. Uh, he has a small group tomorrow at 7, so come talk to him, and he'll be at fall retreat too. So, yeah. So we just bless you in Jesus' name. Um, feel free to go. Feel free to stay for a couple minutes. And uh, thanks for coming out, guys. Have a great week. We hope to see you this weekend and uh, next week.
I feel like I'm supposed to read the scripture over you guys. Um, it comes from Galatians 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against su such things there is no law. 